This week's message, given by Reverend Gina Yeske at the Sakasana United Methodist Church, March 5th, 2023. The message is, Help, based on Psalm 16 and Acts 2, 22-36. Good morning, thank you. It is good to be with you, both those that are here in the sanctuary as well as those who are online. So thank you for joining me. So if I asked you the question, where is the safest place on earth? What would you name? Anyone? Now, some people might claim that it's Fort Knox. You know, isn't there even something, you know, some little uh, trivia pieces about that? And yes, Fort Knox is likely the most guarded place on the planet. Uh, but there's other criteria that I think that you would take into account if you were posing the question, what is the safest place on earth? So where is the weather the safest? What is the place that has the fewest natural disasters? Or what is the place that could survive global catastrophes? Well, deep into the icy mountains in an island that is above the Arctic Circle between Norway and the North Pole lies a space where there is a vault that is nicknamed the Doomsday Vault because it was built to endure anything, including being hit by an asteroid or nuclear disaster. And some have named this the safest place on Earth. So in this selected spot, what is there? There's this resource that is so important to the future of all of humankind. And I heard someone say it. It's, it's seeds. You see, seeds are more important than coal or oil or any precious metal, or diamonds, or gold. The seed vault is the, what they believe, the ultimate insurance policy for the world's food supply. So it secures millions of seeds representing every important crop across the planet. And so this gives us hope for generations to come that no matter what we may face, that the seeds that we need to survive are safeguarded in a spot. And you know, I'm really grateful for that. And I know that they have used some of those seeds already when there were places that were hit by huge disasters of some kind or war to recultivate these areas so that they could once again be plentiful for people. But and I'm really grateful that there's Fort Knox that's keeping our country's assets safe. But when I go to sleep at night, neither of these help me sleep any better because I pray the same prayer. Help me, God. Help me, protect me, and keep those that I love safe. You see, I believe in reality, there is only one safe place here on earth, and that's in the hands 
of our faithful God. Will you pray with me, please? Amazing God, I just offer myself this morning that you may use me and my words to open the hearts and give direction to your people. Amen. Psalm 16, at its essence, is a psalm or a prayer for security. It was written nearly 3,000 years ago by King David, and what David is doing is he's asking God to protect him and deliver him from his circumstances. The opening verse asks God for protection and refuge. There's this plea, protect me, God. And as you study the Psalms, you'll see that this is a very familiar theme that goes throughout there. The word protect is sometimes translated keep me. And it refers to the psalmist's prayer of God, please keep me from harm. Help me. Now, we're not exactly sure what's happening in Dave, to David in this time that he is praying and calling out for help. But we know that throughout his life, there are countless incidents in which he is calling for God or needs God's protection or care. You know, from the days when he was a young shepherd in the fields and he's encountering lions and he calls out, help us, God. Or maybe as he was marching toward Goliath, he called, keep me, God. Or as a soldier, as he faced numerous enemies. And then David was hunted down by his mentor, King Saul, and he was pushed out of his own kingdom by his son. David is a man who has lots of reasons why he might be calling out in this instance for God's protection. His life was filled with insecurity and turmoil. And while the point of this psalm is uh, he's pointing to his lament, this is not a poem that um, makes you feel about lament. Instead, while he is facing danger, there is hope in his present circumstances. What David is doing is instead of falling into despair, he's placing his trust in God. The psalmist's plea for help is followed immediately with a declaration of trust. In the midst of trouble, while the trouble is happening, not on the sunny days, but on the days in the middle of the storm, when he's faced with the problem, David is declaring, you are my God. And I might be in a bad place right now, but I believe and trust you, for I believe that you are in control. I know for myself, that is the place where I fall short. That when things are bad, what I want to do is I want to figure out what I can do to make them better or fix them. Anybody like that out there? But Dave, David doesn't try to find the answer. Instead, he names his faith in God. This is a declaration of trust 
in the midst of uncertain times. God clearly protects David in a way that no human can. So how about you? When you're in trouble, is calling on God the first thing that you do? Or is it the last resort? One writer on the Psalms puts it this way, that the Lord fills the personal horizons of the psalmist. That means wherever he looks out, the first thing that he sees, the foundation of what he sees, is God. And it is this hope and faith that God is worthy of his trust that gives the psalmist confidence as he faces the issues of life. And, you know, we could say, well, are these naive statements? Is this um, just putting, you know, a nice rosy picture and giving us a false sense of security? But it isn't, because David has built this trust on something that is worthy, and that's his relationship with God. And because of that relationship with God, he can be wholly dependent on God. These statements are statements of confidence. But I don't want you to take these out of context. You know, this isn't some kind of prosperity theology that says that where there's faith, well, there's going to be well-being and that, you know, faithfulness will be, bring you a worry-free life. That isn't what the psalmist is saying here. This isn't a don't worry, be happy kind of statement. Instead, it's saying trusting in God is not easy. But we're called to do that, especially in the hardest of times. It's not saying that trust is just like this big blanket statement that you stay at one time and it covers all your life, but that it's something that you need to keep repeating over and over and over again. And that's why we have so many Psalms, is because David's prayers were constant. What David is relating to is a deep security that he has. And he has that security because it has been truly tested and refined in the darkest of times. The psalmist trusts that God is his keeper. And he recognizes that God is the only one who can keep him from harm. And interestingly enough, and I really read this over and over this past week, is it says that God will deliver him from death. And he anticipates that God will show him the path of life even beyond the grave. You know, sometimes as pastors, as we are preparing sermons, we find out that God is actually preaching to us before we get the opportunity to preach to you. And um, this week has been one of those testings for this, this piece of God is the path of life beyond the grave. Because um, 
Last week, I had a pastor that I served just in the same way as I served uh, this church pass away. And I know, I believe, Reverend Husag was a friend of yours also. It was heartbreaking. And I had two colleagues on the same day also lose their fathers. And so I'm questioning, God, where are you in the midst of this? in the midst of these faithful people being lost before their time. But then I heard this promise, this promise that comes through these words, and that is that God will show a path of life beyond the grave. While the prophets Isaiah and Daniel both spoke of resurrection, throughout the Old Testament, The storyline seems to be that death is inevitable in every single way. And so that's why David's words are so countercultural. When Jesus was teaching, the Sadducees denied that there was resurrection. But Jesus challenged them and said, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Jesus looked into the pages of the Old Testament and he saw that God was a giver of life and God's power would prevail over the grave. Resurrection hope. So no wonder why on the day of Pentecost, the second reading for today from Acts, that this psalm was so pertinent that in the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the Apostle Paul lifts this up as evidence that this is true and this has been God's plan all along. In the midst of Lent, this psalm is a glimpse of resurrection hope, that death does not have the final word, Instead, in light of the resurrection of Jesus, we know that our hope is well-placed in Jesus. You know, they say that when we count the 40 days of Lent, we don't count Sundays. And you know why we don't count them? Because they're called Little Easter's. And so while we're in the midst of our time of Lent, we still have this celebration of resurrection every week. So it brings me back to my nightly prayers. God, keep and help me and those that I love safe. I have to be often uh, honest. Too often when I pray this prayer, I am praying it as if it does depend on God, but then I act as if it depends all on me. And what that results in is worry and despair instead of the joy and the happiness that David speaks of. Right before Len, I came across this little devotion, and it was written as a letter from God. And it began with the words, trust me. What does it mean to trust, I began to ask myself. Trusting God means to acknowledge that God is able. And the greatest benefit of trusting God is not what God gives us, 
but instead it's the relationship that I have with God when I choose to bring everything that I have, including my worries and my concerns and my pain to God. David does the same thing. He shares that God is at his right hand. He feels the closeness of God that he can just grab, reach out and grab his hand at any moment in the good times and the bad. And I realized to love God, to love God fully requires trust. Trusting God in everything. This season of Lent is an ideal time to cultivate a deeper and relationship with God, to take advantage of the many offerings of this season. There's all kinds of things out there. There's devotions, and there's a variety of worship experiences. And I just loved it when I walked in this morning as I found this little insert that said, Finding Jesus in Lent. And it gives you right here written all wonderful ways that you can connect and grow deeper in your relationship with God. So if I were, uh, I know what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this and I'm going to put this on my refrigerator so that I can be reminded of all the ways. But then you have, I saw the beauty, that beautiful soup supper that you can go and have a meal and, and grow in your relationship with others as well as Jesus. And then the prayer on Thursdays. I invite you to think about what little extra measure in this season you'll take to draw closer to God. Life can be challenging and unpredictable. We've just come through a global pandemic. We're in the midst of social and political upheaval. It seems like every month there is some unthinkable natural disaster. And all of this is amongst our personal challenges. You know, most days I, I wonder not what I'm even going to do tomorrow because who knows what the rest of this day is going to bring. You know, it's, sometimes life can be hard. However, the psalm, this psalm in particular, invites us to expand our vision. That God's love for us is not just limited to today and its circumstances, but that God's love is eternal. This psalm invites us to live a new way. That God's promise of protection is to give us hope. So how do we live with that hope. God wants us to go and let go of fear and live life to the fullest. When you're overcome with worry, I invite you to use the psalm to remember who God is and that God's protection will be for, there for you as promised. And there's nothing let me say that again, there is nothing, even death, that can take away the love of God that God has for each of us. God wants you, wants to be a part of every area of your life. That's how much God loves you. 
And I invite you to invite God in. Amen.